Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yo, what's up, guys? Before we get into this episode, we just want to make a quick announcement. Today, February 8th, is our one-year anniversary, all right? Our first episode, the Origins of Yola episode, premiered exactly a year ago today. And who would have thought, 365 days later, we'd be saying, this episode is brought to you by Miller Lite. Let's go. So right now, I know this sounds insane, but right now you can go to your computer or your phone, type in MillerLite.com forward slash Yola. It's going to bring up a landing page of every place around you that delivers Miller Lite. Or you can go to any single place on earth that sells beer and grab yourself a 12-pack right now. This is Miller Lite. For every can, it's 96, only 96 calories, 3.2 grams of carbs. So let us know in the comments, guys. What does Miller Lite mean to you? For, to me, like I said, it's camaraderie. It's hanging out with my uncle. It's bonfires. It just reminds me of all the fun times. Before the episode starts, guys, we just want to say a huge shout out to Miller Lite. Thank you for making us the 2022 brand ambassadors. Guys, this is the one-year anniversary. Did not think we'd be doing this ad read one year in. Thank you guys so much for making it possible. Let's start the episode. Uh, celebrate responsibly, Miller Brewing Company, uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yo, what's up, everybody? I am Thomas Dobazola, whatever you want to call me. Welcome back to the Dobes Usual Podcast. We're here to talk about life, drugs, problems, accomplishments, and everything in between. I am here with Marty O'Neill. The fuck is up? What's going on? Demonetized right off the bat. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, guys, today we are here with someone that you've asked for non-fucking-stop. I'm just going to start cussing. We're done. Um, Adam22, thank you for being here. Like the golf clap. I like that. Myself a little clap. How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thank nice you for be being here. here. Yeah, I've been seeing it in the comments uh, quite a bit, so I'm happy to be here. Well, thank you for coming, man. Nice. Um, first, I want to ask you a question because I, I mean, I've been watching No Jumper for like 2017, maybe 16. Okay. Right? Nobody ever asked you some shit. You know what I'm saying? It's always the other way around. So mm. where are you from? I have no idea. I am from a place called Nashua, New Hampshire, also known as Hash Brown Town. Why? Uh, well, my boy AD, who I do the podcast with, he's from Compton. He created that nickname because I think it's kind of hard for him to wrap his head around what New Hampshire is. So he calls it Hash Brown Town. Bro, that is such a small, obscure-ass state. Yeah. How fucking shitty was that? Nobody knows anything about it. Uh, Nothing. You know, it's just like a kind of like suburban, small city upbringing you know it's about 40 minutes outside of boston so it's like 
I kind of always had like the city that I was very much drawn to as a young kid, you know, going to the aquarium as a little kid. And then growing up, all of a sudden I'm 12, 13. I'm like getting my parents to drive me to the train station so I could go ride BMX bikes in Boston and shit like that. But, you know, it's, it's like a nice little downtown type area in Nashua. But really, there's like probably like 100 different little cities outside of like Boston in that general 45 minute drive type region like a lot of the people who live in Nashville New Hampshire drive into Boston to work so it was kind of a very humble normal American upbringing it sounds cool but boring as shit to be out there just as a kid you had to you had to go for it if you wanted to make something you happen for, for sure it. yeah you built well so you're doing uh BMXs are you in the forest? I'm imagining some Goonie style. No, I mean, it was, it's like a small city. So it's like, you know, we, we had like a pretty decent skate park by the time that I was like 15 oh. or whatever. And like, I mean, there was all kinds of like rails and stairs and colleges and shit. Like, it's not like it is a small ass place compared to, you know, L.A. and what we're used to. But it wasn't like that rural. It's not like I lived on a farm. But like if I were to drive... 20 minutes in most directions from where I was growing <laughs> yeah. up, you would be more or less at a farm. So same place I grew up as a city surrounded by agriculture, right? Same shit. Mm. So as a kid in a boring ass place like that, like just like me, BMX and were you a good kid until you hit a certain age? Were you always fucking doing something wild? Just always said, bad. Always oh, in okay. trouble. I was always just like, I got arrested multiple times for like shoplifting and graffiti and, and in the small town fight, fighting like all kinds of shit yeah i was like really like the the worst kid that like fucking in school at a certain point for sure i would say i was probably like the worst behaved kid most ridiculous non-diagnosed add just wilding the fuck out like i was i was really really bad kid i mean my to put it in perspective because it's like it was a small town but like our high school was like two thousand kids oh it was, it was you like, grew up in town like mine yeah it was decent size you know yeah, yeah. some shit going on so you were a bad kid. I was bad. Are you an only child? No, I had a younger sister three years younger than me. Oh, okay. So what are your parents doing? Are they fucking pissed? Uh, at that time, yes. They were uh, pretty deeply upset. My parents were like very much like, like when they talk about their childhoods, they grew up like really poor. Me and my sister grew up with like, you know, a little bit of money in the bank for our college funds and shit oh, like that. Sick. My parents had, they very much believed that if they worked hard and kept their nose down and, and grinded that they would be able to make a better life for their kids and stuff. My sister, good kid, like went to, did well in high school, went on, did well in, in college, got a good job, started a family, et cetera. With me, it was like, I was just really attracted to graffiti, BMX, bad shit. Basically. I was like getting in trouble, like from like all the time from a young age, I got into credit card fraud when I was like 19. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I was I was pretty much just doing whatever, man. So you, did you go to college? I went to, yeah, I did a year at Middlesex Community College, which is just like a local small uh, college like in Massachusetts. And then I went to school where you actually stay at the school for a year at uh, UMass Lowell after that. And then I started making some decent money doing credit card fraud, dipped out, moved to New York City, and uh, shit really started cracking from there more or less. In terms of what? Well, card fraud cracking cards and, and doing other stuff. Because I moved out there because I basically had made like 100 grand doing credit card at fraud 19. at 19. And then I was just like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm moving to New York. I want to be a BMX filmer. I kind of decided that like this is not good for my mental health to be doing all these purchases under other people's identities and shit. <laughs> like I had a homie who got <laughs> caught. And it just, you know, I was scared. Like, I, just, he's a pr he went to prison. I'm assuming. Nah, he he oh. really just had to pay like restitution because this is like 2004. 
So, like, when they would catch you for doing credit card fraud, they didn't really know what the fuck you were doing. Like, they, I remember when they charged him the restitution for his shit, it was, like, not even close to the amount of work that he had been putting in that day, even on that card. So, at the time, they were so not equipped to prosecute people for this shit. Fuck, so you moved to L.A. and you're, I mean, no, you I moved to New, New York, York yeah. and you're doing, B, you want to be a BMX filmer, so obviously you're still riding BMX heavy. I was just going out every day, riding bikes, hanging out, because it was like the golden age of BMX in New York City, like 2003. Uh, you could go to Union Square, which is like this park right in the middle of Manhattan, and it was like all the skaters and BMX dudes hanging out there, drinking, smoking like all fucking night, and like the pros, like the dudes I was seeing in magazines and shit would be kicking it there too, so this was like heaven on earth to me. Sick. So then I fucked my back up like pretty quickly, like just riding and, and realistically couldn't ride for a couple months. And so I was like, you know, okay, well, I got to figure out something else I'm excited about that I'm going to start trying to put time into. So I started playing online poker, which at the time I was very, very fascinated by. And that led me into basically playing online poker for a living for like three years after that. And so then while, oh, while I'm playing online poker and making a decent living, I also am spending a lot of time looking at all these different message boards and stuff. There was like a BMX forum I would be looking at every day and it started to like the pieces in my, started to come together in my head because I was also looking at these rap blogs like Now Right, Two Dope Boys, whatever. And like I'm seeing the way that they're sort of archiving all this hip hop content and like making content, making posts out of like, oh, this is the new cover of XXL. We're going to post it on this blog and talk about it. You know, the comment section, people going back and forth about it. And I realized, like, right away, like, 2005, I'm like, oh, I could be that for BMX. So then I just started a blog spot, started running this website about BMX, started selling advertising to all the companies and shit. And pretty soon I quit playing online poker because I was doing better just running this website. So you've been on social media before it was a thing. Oh, way before that, too. I was on AOL in the chat rooms when I was 13 and, like, 97 and shit. ASL. Remember that shit? Were you a heavy hip-hop head this whole time? Yeah, pretty much. I was always into, like, uh, metal and punk and shit as well. But, like, but but hardcore, or, excuse me, rap was definitely, like, my primary interest since I was a little kid. Like, the first time I heard Snoop Dogg, I just was geeked. Like, this is the coolest shit I ever fucking heard in my life. And so, yeah, I always was... Rap was always kind of... Like I said, like, I started the BMX website because... I was such a big rap fan that I'm reading now, right? Every day, checking it. Oh, new Lil Wayne song. Boom. I'm listening to it. New Sheik Luch song. Boom. I'm listening to it. Let's go. And it started to like click in my head. Like, oh, like I could be this, but for BMX bikes. No shit. That's yeah. fucking tight. I wish I had figured out at that time that like, oh no, you could have a voice in hip hop too. You just got to take time. it. You just got to do it. You know, I waited like 10 years. That's all right. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, I, I'm, Dude, I did not expect you to say that. You've been doing this shit since before. MySpace was even a thing, doing forums and blogs. That's where everybody, there was the only online community was forums and blogs. Yep. So how long did you run the BMX for? The BMX page for? Started it in 2006. Um, moved to Los Angeles, actually Long Beach at the time in 2010. So, uh, and then... Continued to run it. At a certain point, I started this other brand on some shit that we sort of is like the more clothing type brand and everything like that. We make videos under that brand and everything. And um, I'm living in Long Beach, having a good time, hustling a little bit still. Uh, the BMX stuff was never incredible money-wise, you know. So I was having to make some of them uh, them peas fly across the country and stuff. You know how that is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but it, life was all right. And then uh, at a certain point... Started to get my money together a little bit more. Opened a bike shop in downtown LA called On Some Shit. And nice. um, 
part of my reason when I did that, I was like, you know, I want to be able to put my brand on display, but I also want to be able to use it as, you know, a headquarters to be able to fuck with all the people that I see doing dope things in the culture. Because around that time when I had really been living in L.A., Southern California in general, because Long Beach for a couple of years, it was like I started to realize, like, oh, I can't just be doing bike shit. I have mm-hmm. to embrace the culture as a whole. Like, there, I started to, like, actually realize, like, oh, there's no reason why I can't be doing rap content as well like there's just nothing like what's stopping me like i have an opinion i have artists that i think are tight that nobody's trying to interview so i just started to like you know i was doing bmx rider interviews in the back of my uh my bike shop i set up a podcast to do that and then pretty quickly i just started to tap in with all these up-and-coming soundcloud rappers and do that kind of shit too so that's a crazy transition oh, yeah. are you, <laughs> yeah, are you an actual to that. are you a videographer like you get down with the camera i I guess, like, I, I, I could be a videographer. Like, I spent a lot of time filming BMX throughout the years. I was never, like, the best filmer, but I figured out how to use the camera. And, and But usually, honestly, even from the beginning, I would always, like, hire somebody who was a little bit more specialized to basically be the video guy uh, from early on with the bike stuff. And, I mean, my early No Jumper interviews, we, we had a mixer set up and everything so we could rep- record the audio properly. I would literally take my phone and put it on a fucking bike rack, a, a bike stand that they would use by day to work on bikes. I would take a bike out of it and put my phone in the bike stand and just hit record. And like, there's multiple podcasts from back in the day, like the the Ugly God podcast. The the video cuts part way through because like a girl tried to call me and I had forgot to put my shit on airplane mode. Oh fuck! So stuff like that used to happen. Well, you guys were just starting trying to do something that was relatively fucking new. Yeah, it was. There wasn't that many people doing uh, video podcasts in particular. I was listening to Combat Jack and Joe Budden and Joe Rogan. Those were my three influences at the time, really, that made me want to do podcasts. Do you still listen to that? Do you still listen to podcasts, even though you podcast so much? Yeah, sometimes it can get kind of overwhelming because, like, my personal taste in podcasts, on average, is more like news politics philosophy like a little bit more high-minded stuff but then i also like to keep tabs on mm-hmm. the million dollars worth of games oh, and yeah. the, the brilliant idiots and the andrew yep. schultz's the flagrant twos the fucking all these i, I love dj vlad's content he's mm-hmm. i watch his shit every day i yeah. mean a lot of a lot of different shit i watch these days you the same wave as us. I always yeah. say, like, I feel like podcasting is going through right now, like what hip hop did in the late '80s and the '90s. Like, you got your Run DMC, like that whole that might be Rogan and his whole team. Mm. And now you kind of have like a new class of podcasts coming in, younger people coming in that have kind of taken heed to what that first generation did. You, I feel like there's a lot of parallels. Well, I mean, at first it was like nerds, basically. Like when you look at a me or a Vlad or a, like you know is. So even like a combat jack, he was a lawyer. You know, you're looking at people who are like fans, mm-hmm. that, who are kind of ahead of the time on the technology and everything like that. Yeah. But then, like the next generation, what I see right now is like the fucking official ass fools, like the big use. The fucking mm-hmm. you know, Ti was going crazy with his for a while before his shit got kind of weird. Like Joe Budden, obviously one of the kings of the shit. And, you know, you look, you see like a Nick Cannon getting in there and stuff. It's basically like all the most influential people who are who really are like the heart of the culture have kind of become podcasters largely so like it does kind of create like a little bit of a pressure on me as somebody who's kind of like an outsider who was just like really early on on this type of content to be like okay well when somebody can choose to go get interviewed by fucking nori Mm -hmm. you know what makes you stand out what makes Mm -hmm. your shit seem like something that they would want to tap in with you know Mm -hmm. true yeah. It's because you're like an expert. It's your perspective, your p- opinion that's valuable to 
Hopefully. But yeah. when you're comparing yourself to a Nori, it's yeah, like, well, this tough. motherfucker had hit records. You know? Well, Imagine. also, yeah, hit records is great. That's great. But this is also an interview style seeing talent. Because when I, I used to go and watch No Jumper to see what, because I knew if you're on, you're about to blow up. Because yeah. there's a, a reason that they saw, like, no, no bring him on, bring him yeah. on. So I used to go on there and see the new artists. What artist is going to be coming mm -hmm. up next? Yeah, it's like an artist might not make a great A&R. And A&R is like a talent. They know, you know, that might, it's a different skill set. Same thing <laughs> with being a good interviewer. Yeah, and a, a lot of like the legendary rappers who do podcasts, they're not great interviewers. <coughs> but they come with a lot of respect to the yeah, situation. Exactly. Which is always kind of the, the tricky thing. You know, like I feel like with hip hop and interviews, you got to earn your respect because it's like, why the fuck would Young Thug want to sit down with you? You know, mm -hmm. he better be looking at you like you're bringing something to the table because yeah. he's, if he's going to not do an interview with a Nori or a yeah. Buddy or whoever the fuck it is, you know, it's like you got to you got to fight for your respect, you know? Hell yeah. Because you don't want to sit there and have to struggle to pull a good interview out if they're sitting there just being a fucking superstar. Because, man, I seen like Larry King interviewing Jay-Z one time and he's asking the dumbest ass questions that no no hip hop fan would ever interview Jay-Z and be like, you know. So I heard you don't, they do say this, but I heard you don't write your lyrics down. Like all the corny uh, shit that yeah. they would say to a, a Jay-Z or whatever. But it's like, if you're Larry King, you get to ask the dumbest questions. If you're Joe Rogan, you get to sit down with Snoop Dogg and say, is the East Coast, West Coast beef still a thing? <laughs> Which he recently did. And I was just Are like, serious? damn, I'm like, no. I, don't, I don't get the privilege of getting to ask a basic ass question like that. People <laughs> expect me to understand what's going on in the streets. You know, it'd be so. fucking hilarious if you did, though. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, my early interviews, sometimes when I go back and watch them, I'm like, oh, wow. I really didn't understand the streets at all. So there was so much shit that I was trying to figure out about uh -huh. L.A. and how shit really <laughs> works. And I'll, I'll go back and see an interview and I'll be like, Oh damn! You mentioned this rapper to this dude, and their hoods want to kill each other. Like damn. you should have known. Oh, you can't mention shit. him to him. But I didn't fucking know back then, so I'm like kind of oblivious to some mm -hmm. of the shit that's going on. You know, I, I am oblivious too. I, I'm from a uh, you know where Fresno is. I'm from Merced, like the real shit town right there. Nice. Like my car's blue. Right. I've never wore a blue shirt till I moved here because I don't want to get shot up. Yeah. I don't want to get killed in my own town. So I know like. Those things, but LA is a whole different machine. Mm. There's subsections of oh wait, blue's okay here, but not fucking yeah. thirty yards this way. It's fucking scary. And, and you have to remember, like I'll be interviewing a, a crip, and I'll be think I'll mention a bloodhood, and then think real quick, like I have to do the the math in my head, like wait, no, they fuck with them, like they're cool <laughs> with those bloods. They That's hate all pressure. the other bloods, but they're cool with those bloods. You got to stay up to date That's on these politics. Extra pressure. Fuck. <laughs> Getting briefed like a fucking movie. Like, don't say bloods. It's not like there's two gangs. There's fucking 500 gangs out oh, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to... Nobody expects me to be 100% aware of everything, but yeah. I got good people around me that could let me know, you know. Yeah. At least I say something's going to get you in trouble. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's the biggest part. Yeah. Um, real quick, uh, before we fly for fucking forget... For the BMX thing, were you trying to pursue that professionally before you hurt your back? Was that something you were all in on? I was. I always loved the culture of it, but I was never that good at it. You know, like I got hurt a lot, like when I was young, doing stupid ass shit before I even got to the point of like I've known people throughout the years who were bold as fuck and would try anything. I never even really got to that point because I'd be fucking hurting myself all the time and shit. And I think I. When I look at it now, it is kind of weird because most of the people who stick with BMX are the people who are talented. 
and I was never like the dude riding wise. Like, I, I, if you ask like real people who know about BMX tricks, they'll be like, Adam invented this trick, this trick. He did, he did a bunch of cool shit back in the day. But I was never thinking I was gonna be pro. And plus, in Hash Brown Town, there were no pros. I didn't know anyone who was sponsored. Like, I knew like one dude who lived like an hour away who got free bikes from a company. I didn't really even understand that there were people getting money for riding and shit like that. You know? No, I totally get you. When I was a kid, I did the. <laughs> I thought I was sick <laughs> midair, where you turn it almost all the way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I was just watching X Games build. You ever build the ramps off? That shit sucks, dick. <laughs> Building them in the forest off that dirt. There's people who love that. I know dudes who've been in the in the woods for thirty years. They spent their whole life digging jumps in the woods. That's their fucking happy place. You know? I've done it a few times. I gave it. I gave that up when I found like weed and shit. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much what happened. I was skating and playing fucking sports uh-huh. and. Then, but in, in Southern weed. California, you can't be a bike rider or a skateboarder, especially not these days, without realizing, like, oh, there's an industry around this, and there's people who are good at it, and maybe mm-hmm. you could have a job working for this company. Growing up where I grew up, all that shit was a mystery to me. It was a fucking a world away for you. Yeah, I had no idea. The East Coast, he grew up uh, in Buffalo, so nice. he tells me the same shit. It's like, well, I'm in the basement. It's snowing. I'm just playing basketball <laughs> in my basement for four hours, doing nothing. Riding bikes, bro. I was, I would search for a parking garage that would have like a curb in the parking garage so we could ride it even though it's like 25 degrees out and it's fucking you're freezing to death but like okay the snow and the rain aren't gonna hit you and you're gonna be able to practice doing some 180s and manuals and shit on this curb yeah i mean that's growing up bro that's the essence of that shit getting hurt and realizing i'll stick with it or giving up and doing something else yeah. I was, was never with that shit. I never did anything that was involved falling and fucking skinning your fucking body up and shit, skateboarding. But I always BMX had the other side of my personality too, where I was always on the internet. Always. Oh, really? <laughs> always. I would, I would ride bikes all fucking day. Like, I would, a normal day for me, like summer after, you know, 11th grade or whatever, uh, you know, go out riding at noon, be out riding bikes till like at least midnight. And then. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like every day. All no, fucking day. Just ride all day, every day. And in the same town, all day, just chill with your homies. I don't know what the fuck we were thinking. There was not shit to ride, but we would just be, we just were happy as fuck to be out on bikes around the city. Like, yeah. you know, I had a decent family life, but I don't want to be around my fucking parents when I'm in high school and shit. I just wanted to get away. And I always, I always think that that's why I got into BMX as opposed to skateboarding because BMX was like, boom, I'm on my bike, I'm pedaling 10 miles. I don't know what the fuck is going on at home. My parents are yelling at each other, whatever. I'm, I'm gone. I'm out. That, that was what gave me, like, freedom, for real. Were you guys doing drugs or no? No, I was straight edge, like, my whole childhood oh, pretty much until I was, like, 21, 22. I, I, I smoked weed, like, one time in high school, and I one time I, like, took a couple shots or some shit. But I, Ooh, I, I was man. pretty much drug-free because in BMX, like, in the magazines and shit, that shit was really uh, thought well of, like... They really like free. to be drug free at that time was like a big trend. Like I, I hate to call it a trend because it's a good thing if your kids want to get into yeah. it. For all by all means, it's a great thing, especially early in your life. I think being drug free is a beautiful thing. But yeah, so I didn't really like think about drinking or anything until I got a little older. I just got to point something out. You started scamming credit cards before you started smoking weed heavy. That is a fucking bold choice. Yeah, that's that's Usually what I was wondering. Like the dabble, the yeah. dabble. I smoked weed, you know, <laughs> and I shoplifted. Well, or you know, I was doing drugs and I had to get money. That's what I was. <laughs> yeah, well, what you the know, fuck? the crazy thing about it was that 
Like, when I think about it, the reason why I was cracking cards at that time was because I met this one Czechoslovakian kid who put me on to what it is to go into a store with a fake credit card, do a purchase, how you buy the, the credit card account, how you get the blank credit card that you're going to put that, that account onto, et cetera. Just because I met that one dude who told me, like, you know, you can make five grand tomorrow if you come to the mall with me and do these purchases with me. And I was like, bet, let's do it. And like I, I was interviewing this one dude, this this dude twenty three and one. He's like a a prison YouTuber and shit. And he he was talking about like his life story. He's like, yeah, you know, I was a pretty normal kid, this this and that. And then I turned sixteen. Somebody gave me a gun and told me about strong arm robbery. And that Jesus, he just man. you know that just turned him out. And all of a sudden he's like, shit, I'm getting money by putting a gun in people's faces and shit. And, you know. And, you could just be a little boy until you get the wrong influence around you who's just like, this is how it goes in the real world. Same. That's what happened to me, man. Yeah. I was fucking the Tampa Bay Raiders Super Bowl. The night before that, I smoked weed for the first time. Mm. And everything fucking... I was a 4.0 student until that day. Wow. And it all changed. Uh -huh. I started selling weed to packs and boxes, and then here we are. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> it turned out pretty good for you compared to a lot of people. You know? Oh, yeah, man. A lot of my homies will... Old friends live outside. We just had like, Dr. Drew in here. He was fucking astounded once he started understanding oh, yeah. his backstory. Oh, wow. Yeah, from, you know, it's Merced. It's a lot of meth and shit like that. Um, but while we're on the topic, on some shit, do you still do the BMX clothing line for that, just BMX stuff? Yeah, well, it's like, it's kind of just like a brand that we've just been doing. My goal with it, at least like in the past, my goal has changed over and over throughout the years, but my goal with it now is just to have it be a clothing brand that people fuck with that people look at in more of like, you know, a hipster fucking streetwear sense that, you know, is rooted in BMX culture because I feel like BMX has an amazing culture and there's just been so much dope shit throughout the years, but you know, it doesn't really get like viewed that way or celebrated the way like, you know, everybody loves Supreme and everybody understands, even if they're not really like tapped in that Supreme is a, a really dope streetwear skate brand and like you know that they're celebrating the culture surrounding it so with on some shit you know i try to create moments that like are are just you know exposing the greater world culture to like what bmx as a as a culture is like and like we just did a jam under this bridge off Rosecrans where we just had all these crazy ass rails set up. We had Crip Matt come out and announce this shit. Oh, I saw this. Yeah. I saw this. And yeah. it was like, bro, people were pulling up all the fucking gangsters from that area, pulling up people just chilling, smoking, everybody riding crazy ass video on our YouTube channel from it. And just like that, a lot of like no jumpers audience and shit. They never knew that BMX was this fucking amazing culture. And we just, that's my goal is just put that out in front of people's eyes. Like, I, I just can't get away from it. Like, I've really kind of, like, pulled back on BMX over the years at times. And I just always get pulled back because I just love the fucking culture of it. And it's something positive, man. <coughs> Facts, you just brought yeah. back, brought how many people together and nobody's sitting here fighting and doing crazy shit. They're just riding and hanging out. No gangster shit. No weird you know shit. Just everybody's cool. showing love. You got fucking trans people riding bikes. You got fucking rollerbladers, soap shoers, skateboarders. Everybody just having a good time. Gangbangers. It's all good. Damn. Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful <laughs> Sounds thing, perfect, man. Never really considered that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I saw the video. Um, it looks like some 90s. It looks like, uh, remember Ninja Turtles when they walk into the putty uh, foot clan? It's like, you want cigarettes or you want menthols? It's like, and everybody's just chilling, having fun. That's yeah. what it looked like, except all adults and shit. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people watching that video are like commenting, like, bro, I didn't even know this shit still happened like this. I didn't know that. 
BMX still had this cool ass culture. Like I thought the shit died with the X Games, whatever. So it's like that's always been BMX's problem. Like skateboarding, over it just overtakes Man, everything. Skateboarding had Jackass. They had Tony Hawk video games. They had Tony Hawk the person. They had fucking <laughs> the person. You know, I'm, I'm just saying. Like they had Ryan Sheckler. They had fucking Rob Deerdeck. They had all this amazing shits jackass all that There's shit no like bmx movies as part of the culture yeah but like bmx is amazing in its own right but like there was rad back in the day which really that's like the bmx movie uh from like the 80s and shit but you know the the culture just hasn't really been put on on blast and there's been a lot of bad luck within bmx and to be honest i'm probably like the most well-known person to have come from like not i'm not comparing myself to a dave mirror or whatever but in this modern age you know it's like i don't know any bmx rider who has as many followers as me or whatever so it's like i kind of see it as like a personal responsibility that i'm trying to get more and more serious about is like how do we really put bmx on display to the biggest audience that we can that's sick randomly last episode i was talking about one of my best homies uh og He's a dino collector. He has so fucking many old school just. That's a whole world. It's it's too much. He has a storage for these. Mm. So, yeah, the cultures. he's like, I'm just waiting for it to come back. <laughs> yeah, that's what he always says. I'm waiting for it to come back and so I can ride and shit. See, I never collected the shit at all. Like, all that shit is kind of before my time, like the 80s and the 90s bikes because I started oh, yeah, in like 97. Yeah. But, yeah, that shit, that's a whole world right there. Well, dude, you're right. There is no culture. We had fucking Tony Hawk the game and that overtook Everything Bart Simpson skate. That's why I picked mm. up a skateboard because of fucking Bart. That's right. <laughs> that, yeah. There's no there's no bike influence. I can't think of anything. I mean, you know, Matt Hoffman, Dave Mira. Like I think most people recognize those names. Uh, Matt Hoffman kind of hasn't been riding that crazy for however many years. Yeah. He, he he's he's a cool spokesperson, but I mean. Tony Hawk, bro. Like, Tony Hawk is like the dude. Like, he still can go on anybody's podcast and just preach the fucking gospel of skateboarding to this day. You know, it's a beautiful thing. So, I mean, yeah, I just really want to, like, spread the shit as as many people as possible. As long, you know, I come from BMX. Like, I'm a massive hip-hop fan, but I just, like, don't like the idea of sort of letting people forget about BMX. I want to put that shit in front of people's faces. It's good, man. It's a positive thing, too. Yeah. Well, speaking of the hip-hop, um, you said you were a hip-hop head as a kid, and that got you to make the forum. I read something saying you used to be involved in, with a record company. What did you do with that? Um, record executive? What did this say? So, okay, when No Jumper really started popping off in, like, 2017 or whatever, I signed a deal with a subsidy of Atlantic Records called APG, and basically, like, it was we were supposed to, like, do a label and everything with a, you know, where it was going to be like, we signed artists and we fucking put out singles and everything like that. And it was, yeah, it was all right. But, you know, they ultimately just kind of, it only lasted like a year. It didn't really go anywhere. It didn't really turn into what we wanted it to be. When I look back at it now, I'm like, holy fuck. Because the money that they gave me to fucking sign at that time, I mean, it was it was the most money that I had ever gotten at that time. It's like 200 grand or something. And uh, I was pretty hyped. Oh, yeah. But, I fuck mean, yeah. I ain't signing no goddamn record deal for 200 grand now. So, I mean, it's like, in retrospect, it's like, it was a cool idea. But, yeah, I never had my heart in it. That's all you had to say, bro. If it's like, if you're not fully into it, then it's not meant to be. And you can't put your energy. You can't, you have to delegate shit and you can't delegate, like, the project. Yeah, building this company has been, like, you know, my life's work. Sounds kind of weird, but, like, you know, that's why I've been doing all these years. And just, you know, really assembling a team and, like, doing interviews is just part of that at this point. And, like, 
the team that we've built just keeps getting bigger and bigger. It's kind of crazy. Like I just bought this fucking $5 million office building in, in the you valley the office it's for us to just build out a fucking nice. whole compound of just creating content Good shit. And we're getting a store, I believe, hopefully, fingers crossed that we're getting approved right now to have a store on Fairfax and shit. Just really, just basically being able to put the the culture of like, you know, hip hop and BMX and all these things I'm a part of and just put it on display for the world, you know? Yeah, it's bigger than a podcast at yeah. this point, man. Is that going to be like some Fantasy Factory type shit? I could see it going that route if it's like... <sighs> We haven't thought about doing ramps and stuff. It is big as fuck, but it's like, uh, you know, I think it's mostly going to be like podcast, live stream, music recording, slash office space, basically just, you know, be just a really dope for, uh, spot for everybody who works there to be able to sort of, you know, we're, we're all like working right now. Like, I mean, when I think about like when I was doing the podcast in the back of the store in Melrose after the store downtown, I mean, you're just like. 10 people just like working on shit every day standing around in the back of this fucking bike shop like it was just nowhere to sit and shit the spot we're in now is a little bigger but it still ain't that big you know it's like fucking it's, it's still kind of scrappy when you think about it so i mean hey like it's just you know levels keep, keep moving up that's great though that's where we are it's just me and him right now so mm. that's the goal of this year is building out because we we're doing everything you know what i mean it's so fucking much to edit and post and yeah. clips and youtube and everything and it comes a, a point where you have to build it out in order have to keep to. growing things. Yeah, I mean, like, just the fact that I don't even, like, I do a podcast. I pick the, the they send me timestamps. I pick the clips and the titles. That's pretty much it. Like, I don't do anything else. And the fact that I'm, I wouldn't be able to pump out such a ridiculous number of interviews if I was actually having to be involved with the back end. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. It's nice what? having a team who can do all the chopping and the cutting for Fuck me. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Um, how many episodes do you guys put out a week? So there's three or four weekly oh. podcasts. Well, no. So there's the No Jumper Show is Tuesday at six live. Then live, uh, w- yeah, like live we do, to we do two hours on Tuesday at six p.m. Me, AD, and House Phone, and then Wednesday at six p.m. is AD, T-Rel, and Duno. They do they do their show for two hours, and then Thursday, House Phone, this dude Blasi, who's like a clothing designer, homie of ours, and then uh, he also has our friend Yuri. They do two hours on. Thursday night, but then myself throughout the week, I also like this week I'm doing like seven or eight interviews with different artists. So I just be cranking them shit. Holy shit, man. Yeah. Yeah, You wouldn't be able to fucking export and do this. And you can't, you have to just be, you're the, the the fact that I still like pick the titles and the, and the, and the stamp, that's like a lot of, you know, I'm doing three interviews and then I'm coming home and sitting on the computer for an hour, picking out the stamps. But I mean, I used to come home and, Put the file in Final Cut, airdrop it to the yeah. laptop, fucking uh, sync up the audio to the fucking Good video. Shit, because bro. back in the day, it what? used to get all out of sync yeah. all the time. That's what happened our Ooh. first episode, man. Yeah. Good sh- I'm fucking happy to hear this, man. You're putting fucking work in this. I don't think about any of that shit, thank God. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So when you say go live, are you guys just like live on YouTube like yeah, Rogan yeah, yeah, used yeah. to be? On YouTube, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I love that. There's something about that that makes it a little bit. I, I miss when Rogan used to go be live on YouTube. But something about actually watching it live that makes it a little bit like it just hits different. Yeah, definitely. It. Uh, I love doing the live stuff. It's not really ideal for YouTube because. Oh, and also I didn't mention that we also have the homie Sharp, who's like a legend from Vegas, and he has I saw a, that one. He, Softwood Underbelly. Yeah, he has a consistent podcast on the network as well. <laughs> no shit. But it's a little different because he'll like record a couple episodes at once. He'll fly out and film six episodes in the course of a couple of days, and then we'll drop it over the course of the month, you know, because he lives in Vegas. So, no 
Oh shit, he has a show. It's the, it's the pimp, right? Well, it's, it's been said. It's been said. <laughs> I saw the the soft white underbelly. Mm-hmm. There has to yeah. be the same person. Sharp. I'm, yeah, yeah. I met him through that. Yeah. Oh no shit. Well, the fans were saying they wanted me to interview him, and then the soft white, the, the dude Mark from Soft White Underbelly reached oh, out to me, shit. and he said, "This fool is down to be on your podcast." And nice. I said, "Okay, let's do it." Got like a million views. I just ended up tapping in with them and saying, bro, this is what we're doing. We're building the Avengers right now. We got a whole gang going right here, bro. We want you to be a part of it. He was fucking with it, and he's doing st- – we, we just help line him up with different women to argue with. And he, he'd be talking to, like, all kinds of old-school comedians and shit. He does a lot of really dope shit. And, like, when I look at it, like, you know, we're about to start doing live shows and like you know, in front of an audience and stuff, and it's shit. like, bro, we have like seven, eight people, like, and, that, and that's just show. like people who are on camera like every week. That's not even like there's a lot of other people who are on camera, like in the vlogs or on the music stream, like my man Kiki over there and shit, and like you know, and and I seen it like when I was at that jam, I was just telling you about uh, like you know, people coming out of the woodwork telling him that they fucking love him, like not even talking to me, they they watch him on the stream. And, you know, that's just making me realize, like, holy fuck, like, a lot of these dudes really are getting their own fan bases and building their own platforms. And, like, I don't know. It's just, like, I'm just very excited about all that. That's fucking incredible, man. Now, the, it's the Avengers. You have a variety show. <sighs> that live tour is going to be tight as fuck. Yeah, well, it's just going to be one show to start. The idea of us doing a tour is this whole other thing. I was saying that. We were talking about it, and I'm also like, well, how the fuck are we going to make any of the normal content we do for the online audience oh. if we were going around the country touring fake but, set you know in the bus you have to put out the put out the what you're doing live as episodes basically yeah i don't know that's definitely an idea yo that's incredible man that's that's awesome that's why you got the big ass warehouse now i see yeah we got a lot of moving parts but also just to be able to have the recording studio right there so a motherfucker could just pop in like that's that's a big thing i want to do i want to have a spotify mm. album that's like consistently coming in, out where we're just having artists come in, like when they do their interview, they record a fucking couple songs or whatever. If we find, if we fuck with one of them, we put it on the Spotify playlist. So it's like the theme of the playlist is just these are all songs that were recorded in the same place, and No Jumper streamed it or, or vlogged it or had the content like on our channel. Smart. That's wow, one, one yeah. thing I'm excited. Did you come about. up with that? That's just that a, idea. This is a brainstorm. So that's great. We'll see how it works. That's how DJ Ski used to have his shit. He'd have the his radio station on the one level, and beneath it was just straight recording studios. Sick, yeah. Marty comes from the hip hop world of the East Coast and shit, so that's why he's always. I know I can hear him. Yep, let's go. I can hear you when you're saying certain names. I can hear you getting uh-huh. hyped to the yeah. mic. Yeah, hell yeah, fuck yeah. So the way I was looking at it is, you're saying it's kind of my life's work, right? So you're sitting there at 19 or 20 doing this BMX thing, thinking I'm such a hip hop head, I can do this. The way I look at it, like you know, as a fan, I. Used to, I mean, no jumper. I've been watching since I moved to LA. <laughs> I see it as like uh, the gateway for artists to kind of launch a career when they when you guys were first started. It was the first time I heard it. Most ninety percent of the people on there, and then within what a month or two, they have full on careers. It was like the SoundCloud hub of like, oh, no, no. If you're going to be big, you have to be on No Jumper first. Those are the glory days because there were just like so few options for podcasts. You know, like when. When okay, when six nine was fucking riding my dick and asking me for an interview every other day and shit, it was like he needed me to interview him because who the fuck else was gonna interview him? 
Nowadays, there's so many goddamn people doing podcasts and shit that it's like he wouldn't have needed to be sweating me so hard, even though No Jumper was like the place for that at the time. But like the fact that he didn't really have a lot of options, you know, it, it was easy for us to kind of like be that. And so like I very much still try to like stay on top of interviewing the up and coming artists and everything like that. I'm trying to just like find more and more on camera talent so like you know that that would be the real dream was to find somebody who i saw as like really being capable of interviewing the talent that i would be confident in them doing the interviews that would be the ultimate craziness because then i wouldn't even have to be on camera doing it even though oh i shit. do love that that's you know? your thing to like get somebody good enough to where you can just take the reins <clears throat> well now i have you know t-rel and ad they inter- they've been doing some interviews and stuff and the sh- i'm listening to shit i'm like this shit is dope as fuck like they're that, that's all of a sudden i have other people who can interview people on the channel for me that's like you know kind of yeah that's kind of the point step. you can do what you want then at that point yeah damn you just delegated your job that's fucking awesome well, it just makes it so we can make more content. You no, know. I, I, you can't. You can't be everywhere at once, man. Yeah. And the fact that you don't, honestly, for the uh, you export and doing all your shit, that was. I'm. I'm so happy to hear that, man. It took so, years to get it all. We like, go through so much shit. He was fucking freaking out over a fucking oh, export right before you got fucking here. losing my, my my program. Lost my whole fucking morning of editing. Mm. I was fucking heated about an hour before you guys got here. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what's up, guys? Just taking a moment here to talk about one of our sponsors. This is FanDuel. This is Super Bowl season, guys. It's coming. It's close. Pro Bowl just passed. This is the time. For everyone out there that's already into online gambling, and if you're not, do me a favor. Right now, go to the App Store, download FanDuel Sportsbook. When you use our code Dope as usual, you're automatically qualified for this. You bet $5, you can win 280 that's pretty good odds. Yes, $5 can win you 280. It doesn't matter which team you pick. It's a 50-50 chance. It's 5 bucks. And right now, guys, this little disclaimer popped up right here. You have to be in a legal state. This is an actual gambling site. So all the states are listed. Make sure you're in a legal state and you have to be at least 21. This is a real gambling site. If you already have this app and you have your friend download it and they place a $5 bet, doesn't matter. You get 50 bucks just for having them referred, and your friend gets 50 bucks just for placing a bet. For Super Bowl 56, guys, there is no better place, no better odds than FanDuel Sportsbook. So the biggest question we got to ask today, guys, who are you going for in the Super Bowl? I know I'm in L.A. I should be voting for the Rams. I get that. I also would love to see the Bengals win. It's They've never won since I've been alive. So FanDuel Sportsbook app. Download that. Use code DOPE as usual. Who do you think is going to win? Who are you putting your money on? What's up, guys? Take another moment here to talk about one of our longtime sponsors. This is Onnit. Before we start, you already know, Onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T.com forward slash Yola. That gets you 10% off of everything on the site except for the weights. Every single thing that can make you a physical specimen inside and out, Onnit offers. And starting with the most important part, your brain. One of the biggest products they offer is Alpha Brain. It's essentially a daily vitamin that helps you with cognitive thinking, focus, uh, just being clear-headed. That's been out for a long time. But introducing Alpha Brain Shots. They have it in just little shots, easy to do, right when you wake up, chug them. Tropical, peach, they're coming out with more flavors also. And not just for being buff. They have other things. Shroom Tech, New Mood for actual mood enhancement. They have the Gut Health. They have Virotech. And Virotech, that is basically an immune booster. Guys, it's not all about just being rocked out and looking cool. It's about being actually healthy. How do you feel on the inside as well as out? If any of this interests you at all, guys, right now, go to www.onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T.com forward slash YOLA. As I said before, 10% off of every single thing I just talked about, except for the weights. Quick question. If you can interview your top two people, who would, who would they be? If, if, if 
no music, no regulation, nothing, no restrictions. Anybody in the world that you want to sit down, have a conversation with, who would they be top two? Well, I would really, really like to interview Babyface Ray right now. Put that out there into the world because Babyface I, Ray from Detroit. He's he's one of the top dudes from Detroit right now. He hasn't really done an interview, uh, and he's smart on his part to maintain his mystique. But he's definitely an artist that I would love to get on the podcast right now. I was really dying to interview K Flock, but then he got picked up for a murder. So I don't know about oh, that. Oh shit. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, man, because it's like, you know, I would like to interview a Drake or a, you know, insert mega celebrity here. That shit's always fun, but at the same time, that's not really, like, my thing. My thing is, like, I want to interview the kid from fucking Baton Rouge or Florida or Chicago or whatever who's just starting to catch steam, and the whole world is dying to know about who this dude is, you know, cause I've like, that's just how I've made like the biggest impact with my content throughout the years. I was just showing Kiki on my fucking, uh, YouTube analytics that the, the XXX Tentacion interview, rest in peace, still in the last, last month, it's averaged 10,000 views a day. I put that shit out in 2016. Damn. So it's like, you know, I'm making like, X amount of dollars still off that interview, but it's not even about that. But it got like 3 million views or some shit in the last year. It's been out for that oh, long. Like that, Is that your biggest one? I think that's the biggest one. Like I don't, I don't even know if there's a rap interview that has gotten more views than that because it's at like 12 million or some shit. Like there, might, there might be, but I think it might be like the biggest rap interview ever, at least close. So fuck yeah, yeah. that's pretty crazy. That's awesome, man. So you said um, basically blank ex-celebrity. I mean, uh, big celebrity. That's cool. I was just thinking maybe there was some kid from your child, somebody from your child. You know what I mean? Like I was thinking the other day, you know, it'd be fun to interview Jerry Springer. Yeah. It would be, so it, it would be cool. Kid. But okay, this is the thing. When I interview a fucking young up and coming rapper and he does his first interview and he's like he or her is in. The- oh, shit. Whoa. The fucking mic just popped off. <laughs> God damn. Freeway Rick Ross. Freeway Rick Ross. That's the only time something's ever happened. I was talking to this guy and he said something funny as fuck. I laughed. Oh, yeah. smacked Somehow smacked myself in the face. My headphones flew off my head. Wow. Mid sentence. <laughs> That shit was tight. All right, I'm just going to leave this bitch alone. All right. <laughs> Sorry. All right, we're good. We're back? My bad. I don't remember what the sentence what sentence you left off on now. My bad. It was something about just how when you're interviewing a young guy for the first time, a young artist for the first hey, time, you know, really getting that first conversation out of them or like laying that blueprint for their career. I don't know. There's something about that that I kind of consider like the integral part of no jumper which is kind of different because like you know interviewing jerry springer would be sick but it's like is there any question that jerry springer hasn't been asked you know like you're really like totally get what you're you just covering now. ground that's already been covered for the most part now i would okay. if, if i was going to interview jerry springer like i anytime like it's someone who's done a shitload of media over the years like another person i thought about naming is it would be cool to interview joe rogan uh, just because that was kind of like the person who like influenced me the most on in terms of my style or what I thought a podcast was in the early days, you know. 
Um, but I mean, if I would just feel such pressure in interviewing Joe Rogan that I would have to like really like scrape the catacombs of my brain to think about what I want to ask him because he's, he's so, I mean, he just has had more podcast experience than almost anybody. So, you know, sometimes I do podcasts with people who will like claim to be like, you know, the biggest fucking fan in the world. And then it's like, they're kind of asking me like super basic ass questions, (laughs) you know? And it's like, you know, it's just like that. Like a lot of people do that. I take a lot of, I overthink the shit so much that it's like, if I, when it comes to interviewing somebody who I really like know and respect, et cetera, it's like pressures on. I end up kind of like overthinking it sometimes. Yeah. Totally understand that, man. And sometimes that's not what the fans really want from you too. We've noticed that like we'll mm. be super fucking excited and then it won't really hit like we thought it would. But then, you know, like our, our biggest episodes are YouTubers. Mm-hmm. Compared to like you know the cele- big celebrities, we've but a lot had. of times those are people who don't really have other good interviews. You know, like mm-hmm. yeah. I totally see what the fuck you're saying. For sure, a lot I of YouTubers that. are kind of like under interviewed. You know, like yeah. when I have you. A lot of my biggest interviews are YouTubers for sure. Yeah, no shit. Just because I think a lot of the fans really want to know those people, and a lot of times, they you know like there are a lot of opportunities now. I mean, like there's been many times where it's come time for me to interview a youtuber and i realized that they already had like a logan paul interview with like three million views from mm-hmm. a couple years gotcha. earlier you know just because there are a lot of people doing the shit these days you know no, i get it i like that perspective i see what you're saying what hasn't jerry springer been asked yeah totally understand but i think it's a little like 12 year old amigo uh-huh. sick that was tight but i get what you're saying getting the first reaction because that's their introduction to the world besides this their music mm. So that's interesting that's that he's like, that's what I really, look, that's like the vetting. That's what I'm looking for. Like we, we're constantly looking for guests that not only do we want to interview that, but the fans are going to be into. Yeah. So it's like, they got to pass through. You're looking for a real specific type of interview. That's got to be fucking well, that's, tough. That's kind of like ideal, but it's like, you know, I interview all kinds of different people yeah. in general just because I like, just like, like one, like Combat Jack was one of the dudes who kind of like helped usher me into the game early on. And I remember him telling me like, don't do so many interviews. Like, just space it out. Like, do one, do one a week. And I remember just thinking, like, no, I can't do it. Like, I got so much respect <laughs> for you, but I cannot do it. Like, there's no way that I'm going to be able to tame my brain enough to only do one fucking interview per week. Especially when, like, some like I've done so many interviews. That I just like I remember I interviewed a Pokemon Go YouTuber. Oh shit! And got you know two three hundred thousand views, and it was like you know probably ninety five percent of my audience didn't watch it, but like you know other people went and watched it, and like I just I thought it was tight as fuck. I interviewed a Minecraft YouTuber who had like you know ten million subscribers. Oh shit! shit. You know? Do you use most interviews you film, or do you like pick and choose after? We use everything. Yeah, everything. Damn. Almost never do we not use one. Yeah, that was something we film. Mm-hmm. That's Good a lot shit. of yeah. You guys are pumping out a lot of shit, and it's I so I hit or drop miss. One a day, Monday through Friday, plus all the other shit on the channel. You guys are fucking killing it. That's so much content, man. <sighs> that's fun. That's all. Awesome. It's fun. No, that's a job, man. That's jobs on jobs. Yeah, yeah. And plus, um, there's another question. You're recently a new dad, relatively mm-hmm. brand new. How has that changed the work the workload? It just makes me want to, like, use my time more intelligently. Like, you know, for years at the shop on Melrose, I would be, like, you know, I would get in there at noon, hanging out, kicking it with the guys, talking, smoking, doing interviews, boom, blah, blah, like, just going back and forth, doing content, vlogging shit, putting shit on my story. 
I'll probably like leave and go home at like midnight, you know, and like go to sleep maybe like one or two in the morning and like barely see my girl. But I was just like grinding. Like I just, I had like financial goals in my head that I was just really trying to get to. And so I would just be in there going on live for six, seven, eight hours all, all, oh, at shit. night, all the fucking time, you know, and like just just grinding and like now i got a kid and it's like a lot of times like saturday and sunday i'll just be like yeah you know i'm not doing shit i'm just gonna kick it with you and the baby and we'll just hang out and so it's like you know i I realized like part way through after like she was a couple months old i started to realize like no you really gotta like slow the fuck down because this kid is like gonna be a fucking grown-up before you Mm -hmm. know it and you're gonna miss it if you don't slow down and it's like yes Getting into the money is important, and you know you're you're doing her a favor in many ways with that because obviously a lot of that's going to benefit her. But you know, it's just I'm not doing I'm not really like doing myself justice if I just you know mm-hmm. kick it like at the office all fucking night and never like take time off to just be around the kid, you know, and be really present when you are around her and like not thinking of having your mind. I, it took me I got three kids it took me fucking forever to get that shit down. Yeah, still working on it. Yeah. <laughs> It's a fact. It's good not to working though, weekends, man. but you have to. It's the only way to go. Yeah, because I can finally like, like it, it's a weird thing. Is like, if I never like really got to the money to the point that I have, then I probably would have like spent my whole life just hustling trying to get there. You know, thinking like, oh, if I have this much money in the bank, then I'll be good. You know, yeah. but it's like because I actually like have gotten there. It's like the same thing with like, you know, I fucked like fucking 500 girls or some shit. Jesus like, So it's like, you know, but I remember being young and being horny as fuck and just thinking that it would be the sickest thing in the world to have threesomes and foursomes and all this crazy shit. And like, now I did it and I fucked like every porn star in the world and shit. And it's just, (laughs) I'm glad that I did it because I know that it don't really matter that much, you know. That's the only reason to do anything. So that you then, it won't seem like that big a deal, you know. I think... 14 year old you would high five the shit out of you for, <laughs> for nonchalant like I mean there's only so many porn stars you could bang yeah that's fucking awesome man <laughs> I love that you brought that up that was hilarious milestones yeah yeah the milestones and now you realize like no the time is is more important than anything because yeah. you can't buy that yeah you can't I mean, do anything with that you can't most, I mean you you can be a dad and you could go have some fucking orgy fun at night and that's just fun but Definitely, you got to make dad time for sure. It's good to hear, man. Inspirational in a weird kind of way. I, I know what you're saying. Like, nah, for my kid, man. Yeah. I'll do orgies at night. That was fucking amazing. That's 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 the episode. That's the name of the episode. Humble, humble motivational humble orgies. orgies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Marty, what are we at? Fifty-two. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. we're getting, we're getting close. How many, uh, do you do interviews often? I've only seen one other interview I think I've seen with you. Oh, uh, like people interviewing me? Yeah, here and there, you know, if people ask usually, well, I mean, if they have like a good size platform, I'm usually down. I hate it when people ask me and they got like 10 plays. I'm like, you know, I would appreciate it if you would like, you know, get your feet wet with some other people first, maybe. No, I totally understand that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like I said, we wanted to, uh, have you here such a fan Fans ask for it every fucking day. Like, yeah, dude, we'll fucking get there eventually. Like you said, <laughs> we didn't want to go hitting up people. Like, by the way, I have a huge platform over here. Just started interviewing people. Come on, on my show. Right. Like we wanted to, you know, get. I, I want to be. I'm a perfectionist, and I'm still trying to think of 
Hey, motherfucker, you already asked that, you high-ass... You know what I mean? When we're looking at edits, it's like there's something there that you have to perfect before you go on stage type of thing. You how how do you really, like, get eyeballs on your shit from your perspective? Like, what's been the thing that's allowed you to grow and get a fan base? Well, I've been doing the weed shit for... It's going to be a decade this year, right? So I've been doing that. Like I told you, I've been deleted so many times. I'd probably be out like three or four million. You got to really qualify it better than that, though, if he hasn't really. If you haven't watched the Dope shit, it's not just like weed shit. The shit is cinematically done. Oh, yeah. Or, we do wild, wild shit. This will edits my stuff. Our, I don't say it often. It's the best weed shit on the, on the planet. I want to see somebody else like do it so I can be like, fuck, yeah, he did some dope shit. Let me go do some more dope. There's oh, okay. nothing else there. That I gotta see more. Of you gotta see yeah. a couple of videos, man. Okay. And yeah. it's the story times, though. The story times is The story times is what made my channel so big. So basically, I used to sell hella... Sh- I used to sell a lot of packs when I was a kid. Uh-huh. Um, I have a super photographic man. I remember everything about my fucking life. So I'll be sitting there telling stories and it's got like 60, 70 million views on my stories. Just me type talking, smoking a joint. Holy shit. And that's, that's how my YouTube got big. And then I said, fuck it, dude. People were sitting here in my lives with thousands of people for two hours. Let's do a podcast. <laughs> right. And Mari's been working with, you know, Rogan and fucking Adam Kroll and Theo for a decade. So he came at me like, yo, if you ever want to do podcasts, let me know. And then we worked on some shit first. Got it started last year. Hmm. And that's how we got the fan base. That's why our fan base, is, everyone's so fucking cool. Everyone's the same like-minded person. You know what I'm saying? Right. Everybody's just a positive person wanting to smoke. Oh, okay, cool. We're hanging out, watching. And now it's like a lot of people don't have people to hang out with. Mm-hmm. They watch your show like, fuck yeah, I'm going to sit smoke bowls by myself. I'm going to do uh-huh. my homework, watch the fucking No Joker yeah, podcast. Yeah. It's like it's Rogan was for our, our generation, like you were saying. We, we're yeah. trying to be that for that 18 to 24 now. Yeah. Just trying to you know, show, tell people our mistakes, how, financial shit that we fucked up on. Mm-hmm. I used to sell packs. You should probably stop. My friends are in prison mm-hmm. right now doing certain things. Don't do this while shipping packs. That's probably why we're so demonetized. So Growing up with wild-ass parents and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, like my mm-hmm. mom's married to a fucking... Oddly enough, a fucking white supremacist. You go to the fucking prisons every weekend to visit his ass. And your mom is married to a white supremacist she, who is she in, was. Oh, she was. She was, was in he, prison he, at the time. Wow, she's got low standards. No, she met him out. Oh, and my mom's also a fucking jerk, and she didn't give a shit. And my mom's Jewish, <laughs> and he's a straight. It was a big ordeal. But I grew up with that. I don't speak Spanish in the Mexican town. You don't speak Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. Oh, my whole wow. family does because my mom raised me. Okay, and there's a big stigma around that, huh? Oh yeah, I get like. Spit the spit looks when I go to Mexico. It was, really? Because you can't. Oh They're like, "What's up?" And speaking in Spanish, I'm like, "Ah, oh, nah, sorry, bro." You can't like pick up on it a little bit because, like, I, I've I like, no, I know when people talking shit. Oh. I know when they're asking somewhere if I know somewhere and I'm trying to get somewhere. I can't have a conversation with my grandma's fucking sister. It's just crazy because, like, I spent like you know, I spent a month straight in Barcelona. I've been oh wow, spent plenty of time in, in uh, Mexico and shit. I did a couple years of Spanish when I was like 13 in school. I, I don't know shit. Like, terrible. Like, There's nothing. Yeah, nothing. I don't know, I don't know shit. <laughs> I know. Hello, Mexican friends yeah. that speak Spanish. Well, I don't know. They don't really speak Spanish around me, I guess. But, like, I don't know. It just feels like in Southern California, I'm around Spanish all the fucking time. My fucking housekeeper is Spanish. She don't really speak the best English. But I still just nothing. Can't pick up on it. It's just, if someone know. sat me down and we just learned every day, I think I'd go back to school, like, in my house. Yeah. I could pick well, up. How about every that. kid I ever went to school with fucking took seven years of Spanish and can't speak a fucking word yeah, of yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Two, three years of this <laughs> shit? I don't remember none. Yeah, I'm, I don't know shit. I, I'll learn. I'm sorry. <laughs> but whenever, like, when I stayed in Barcelona for that month, I started to, like, pick up on shit, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, like, 
you know what? I'm going to download the fucking Rosetta Stone and I'm going <laughs> to fucking do this shit. I'm going to actually learn this shit as soon as I get home. Nope. Boop. Back in my American bubble. No, I don't care about anybody. I ain't learning nothing. Damn, that's how I am. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I'm already out of school. Why do I got to sit here and learn shit? <laughs> I learned programming just so I could yeah. edit. That's enough for me for now. Yeah. I don't know. I'll get to it. But uh, before we get out of here, let me ask you one more thing. Mm-hmm. It's something we do called Who Were You in the 90s? So basically, you got to put yourself in your perspective of you in the 90s. Not right now, the things you've learned, like I would have made a mistake. Who were you in the 90s? I'll ask you two things. Just pick from that. Okay. All right. VH1 or MTV? MTV. All fucking day. That's the easy one. I I was a kid, you know. VH1 was adult contemporary. Yeah, it was boring shit and interviews about... Drugs and shit. Michael Bolton, Kenny G. Yeah, it was boring as <laughs> shit. Shit like that that I knew I didn't think it was that tight. Yeah. I think one 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 person has picked VH1 in every in uh, one episode. Yeah, ran it was it. fucking was Brian Callen because he was. Oh, it was Brian Callen. <laughs> 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 he did pick VH1. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey. Adam Sandler. Because shit. I'm from Nashville, New Hampshire, aka Hash Brown Town. I'm trying to make that stick. And uh, Adam Sandler is from. Manchester, New Hampshire, which is literally like a 20-minute, 15-minute drive up on the highway. It's like the next city right next to where I grew up. So growing up, like a lot of the teachers in my school and shit would have stories about like, oh, I I taught Adam Sandler because, you know, he wasn't that old. Like when I'm in high school and shit, now he's a fucking old man. But like, yeah, so he was always kind of like the the local New Hampshire legend that like some people know because there's so few like successful people or famous people that come from where I'm from. So it's like anybody who's from there really kind of stands out. Triple H, the wrestler. Good shit. I just brought him up last episode too. What the fuck? Wait, you had him on? No, I just brought him up last episode. Yeah, he uh, he he's from where I'm from allegedly and then Mandy Moore allegedly is from there but I don't think like lived there for very long. Damn, man, that's fucking awesome. Adam Sandler's my favorite. I'm probably person. never going back, realistically. So, I mean, whatever. that's fine. You still got your family out there? Nah, they moved out here. Oh, then, never, yeah, there's no point. What am I going back for? Yeah, there's no point. Six season trees and shit. Yeah. I got an IHOP in K Town. I'm going yeah, go there. Yeah, I got you. Um, <laughs> Tupac or Biggie? Tupac. Just right. had a you. better relationship with his catalog earlier. Biggie, I always say this, it's like, I don't want to sound like a hater or whatever, but Biggie had like an album. And then he died, and then they put out another album. And they're both classic albums. Mm-hmm. But that's like a pretty small catalog in comparison, and I get why Biggie's such a big deal. Tupac, to me, you got I, I saw up close and personal because I watched his whole career, like every album pretty much, and like you know, I just loved his catalog and his growth and see, seeing everything that happened with him. To me, he's like, you know, I've read a lot of like analysis of him as a poet and stuff, and I don't know. To me, he's the... Artists with more depth, even though I love Biggie. Great explanation. Yeah, I feel everybody says Biggie, but I feel the same way. Like he, Tupac had an energy that was just unmatched. That you just was like more well-rounded timeless. for sure. But I'm just, I was listening to fucking Ready to Die this morning <laughs> in the shower, no lie. Um, this is the easiest one for me. Step by step or family matters. Oh, oh. Yeah, family matters. Yeah. Oh, that's the hesitation. I never saw one. Right. No shit. You fuck with step by step like that. I fuck with it too, though. You it know? was cool. It was cool by Urkel. I fuck with it, but Edmund. yeah, like I mean, like 
it, it's underrated the fact that like when I was I don't know like seven or eight or some shit that like Urkel was the funniest fucking thing <laughs> in the world the biggest meme every kid loved it every kid did i do that yeah you know and first meme it was such a viral thing at that (laughs) time he was so beloved like i don't know if you could really compare anything watching the show fucking step by step to that that was that should be full house we gotta switch out the full i should i had the urkel doll as a kid yeah yeah the fucking hard plastic head Mm -hmm. yes yes yeah my sister has that stefan urkel that's the name of my pipe out there, his really? name's Stefan Urkel. I met him at a party. I'm like, yo, my pipe's name's Stefan Urkel. He laughed, <laughs> made my whole fucking night. Although, like, in retrospect, maybe, you know, like, they, they have the, the phrase, like, jumping the shark, you know, when, when like, you know, a show kind of, like, has just gone too far and they just can't really come back uh, from it. Was that Ma- maybe, like, the, the, the time change, the time change, uh-huh. time traveling chamber that, Urkel was getting into or whatever that turned him into Stefan yeah. Urkel. Yeah. Maybe that was like when the show kind of like had officially just gone yeah, too it, far. It, 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 it for, uh, the last season was a shit show. I didn't know they added on Urkel late in like while the show had been going mm. and then they sprinkled Urkel in and it worked and then they're like, hey guys, he's the new center of the show and the rest of the cast resented him for that shit. No shit. You know yeah. what I think is cool is that the dad on that show is gay. And then also uh, Uncle Phil Whoa. from Fresh Prince is gay. Carl Winslow is fucking gay. What what Carl is Winslow? it about like you know really? the, the gay people that are they're better at like expressing like everyday heterosexual life on TV <sighs> than actual heterosexual people? You're blowing my mind. They're just know. good actors. Like it can't it's be a great actor. I don't know. Fuck yeah. I hope I'm not like. Wrong. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's what you my fucking mind. <laughs> Carl Winslow. God Carl Winslow. Um, e- well, not easy. Pulp Fiction and Forrest Gump. Damn. I Ooh, fucking yes. love both. I've seen both point. so many times. Me too. I really fuck with Pulp Fiction, though, so I think I'll probably take that. Although, I think I honestly, like, I went a long time in my life. I would say I, like, stopped crying around, like, the age of, like, 12 and then, like, in the past couple of years, I've managed some good cries. Like, I've kind of opened up again, like, to be able to do that. But, like, I remember kind of, like, cracking the seal a little bit watching Forrest Gump when I was maybe, like, 25 or some <laughs> shit. Like, somehow it just really kind of, like, it just really hit. And I was just like, oh, fuck, man. <laughs> yeah. Jen, such, such a, a fucking horse. such a good guy. He's fast. I'm going to break this shit. He's Sorry. retarded and he's got a heart of gold. <laughs> He's the NCAA <laughs> champion. His friend loves shrimp. <laughs> yeah, I love that movie, man. I would pick that movie any day, all day, or Truman Show. His girlfriend has shit. AIDS. She does have AIDS. No one yeah, wants to yeah, say no, it. Yeah, no, Jenny's not. This is a recurring yeah. topic on this show. As we you talk don't believe about it? This. We don't fuck with Jenny here. No, we oh. don't fuck with Jenny. She brought AIDS to him. She put the like, homie at risk yeah, here. That's what we're I saying. have AIDS. It's your son. I hope she made fucking uh, uh, Forrest throw on a Jimmy, man, because that's fucked man. up. That's not. fucked up. You fuck a hot girl with AIDS if you, if you wore a condom? No. No? Fuck no. Damn, man. Your face. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's like almost impossible to get it from a vagina anyway, bro. Mm. I bet you fuck plenty of girls who fucking got, oh. hurt, got HIV and, and you just let it rock. <laughs> oh, shit. That took a dark turn, man. Uh, no, but no, I wouldn't. If that was a choice, I'm I'm a pass. I'll go like smoke weed. You do things that are like riskier than that. Like every time you get in a car is probably riskier than that. It's me- it's very risky. Through a condom, like you're only getting AIDS through blood, pretty much. 
We don't know the science behind this shit. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm saying. I'm I think you should you should dabble. You should, oh, you should dabble. <laughs> Yo, this took a great turn. Yeah, yeah. This, this is where we're talking about Dr. Turn. turn. This yeah. is definitely not a Forrest Gump. Uh, okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The original It or Chucky? Tim Curry It or Chucky? I don't even think I've seen either of them, honestly. Whoa. Like, I don't really like... I, I don't was never scary drawn movies. to like, horror movies or scary But as a kid, no. they didn't, Neither of them really scared you in the I night? might have seen Chucky, but I don't even think I've seen it. Maybe I did. Tim Curry, like, it's good as fuck. The original remember. ones. I don't know. We got to put Freddy Krueger in there. Yeah, the we got to put Freddy Krueger. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, You're I right. That shit. Yeah. Okay, everybody's seen that. All right. Mario or Donkey Kong? Mario. Good Because I got like, you know, Nintendo right when it came out in 91 or two or whenever the fuck that was and it was just like Mar- you know it comes with Mario and then Duck Hunt and Duck Hunt is okay so sick, shows the power of the gun you know, <laughs> it's pretty cool it's actually cr- kind of amazing that they were able to pull that off back in the day yeah they but both then hold on. you know Mario like he it's was he was fun, the bro. dude like the game like the only game yep. that you gave a fuck about was Mario and then like you know Zelda comes and that's cool and like then you start having some variety and obviously now there's five million fucking games but I remember fondly the days where Mario was the only thing and that was you okay. Yep. Yeah. He's a little fucking plumber. He's cute he's as so fuck. Cool. <laughs> he's got a brother who wears green and he's taller than him. It's crazy. You know, it's fucking I love you. Capturing a princess. No, I fuck with Donkey Kong, but like it's okay. Yeah, it's all right. It's all I never right. really got that into it. But yo, I'm really. stupid good at Tetris. Really? I'm I played Tetris. So bad at I was so good at it on Nintendo back in the day. And then Nintendo Switch, they came out with Tetris 99, which is like a fucking battle royale format. So it's like Fortnite where you have 100 people or 99 people and you battle to get number one. A year of my life I spent <laughs> playing this game nonstop. Like every day I'll get home from fucking work playing Tetris 99. Like, Damn, from work playing Tetris? Bro, oh, I was shit. playing so much. And then I just stopped cold turkey. Cold yeah. turkey. Are you a gamer? Or? I play online poker now. Gotcha. I used to be a gamer, hardcore, mm. but then I just kind of you fell out of the loop. After Rubik's Cube? No, nah, I never got into that. Uh, I, was, I, was, I, I have one. Shit. I always wanted to learn, but I, I get it. Like, I started watching videos about how you do it, and I kind of get it, but I just kind of lost interest before i actually like follow through with yeah. learning like the next like 50 steps you know like i learned like step one and two of like i started to feel like oh i can see how this works and eh, fuck whatever uh-huh. yeah that's where i'm at with most shit in life <laughs> oh what the fuck we do have it you're high huh full house we're both high full house or saved by the bell Saved by the Bell was everything to me at a yeah. certain point. I fuck with family, uh, Full House. It was but sick. Saved by the Bell was like. It's overrules. It's just so fucked up because I, it's the same reason that I feel like Euphoria is fucked up. I just got done watching Euphoria and it, it, it's like, it. it's so good. But it's like, you know, they have like the hottest fucking 28 year old chick, 25 year old chick, whatever. And she's supposed to be playing a 17 year old. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of creepy because I remember being a kid and like looking at AC Slater and Zach Morris. I was just talking about this on a podcast and thinking like. <laughs> How the fuck am I going to compete with these guys? Like these grown ass men yeah. dripping in swag and shit. Uh-huh. And like Kelly Kapowski, she's like fucking a million times hotter than any girl in my school. Like, you know, it just creates like such a fucking weird expectation for kids when you have these adults thought about playing like children, you know? That's a, that's a, yeah. A I, just saw the brown, I just saw Mario Lopez like, yo, he's brown. He looks like my dad. Oh <laughs> shit. Jerry curls like my dad. Yeah. 
Well, you know, he's he's a big motherfucker with muscles and shit. He was like, cool. Who the fuck looks like that when you're like 16? You Whatever know? happened to Zach Morris? Mario's he, such he's a on star. Like a CSI though. show now. Is he? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Good yeah, he's him. still doing this shit. Every time I see him, I'm like, fucking Zach Morris. It's crushing mm-hmm. it. Damn. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I fucking love that fool. Also, I'd like to nominate The Office. For what I love it. It's just it's like, my favorite I, show. I've watched time. The Office more than any show in my of like adult life, pretty much. Yeah. Of all time, that's my favorite show. I've been watching it with Rosie. I took a six month break last year because I watch it every night. Really? As I fall asleep and smoke weed for the past, oh, going on eleven years. I'll just with her. It's pop bad. in here and there and like watch a season. It's bad randomly. You know, you know, I do a thing like, hey, you pick your favorite episode of the season and I'll pick mine, and then we'll just go to the next season. It's so fucking awesome because <laughs> you don't know what they picked. You don't can't look. I'm packing balls. I'm like, yo, what? Diwali? Oh, fuck yeah, Diwali. Yo, it's such a good like. Would you pick? Fuck. <laughs> try it. If that's your favorite show, please try it. Rosie and I do this shit every day. Except for the past month, I've been trying to watch Seinfeld only. Yeah, yeah, I'm Seinfeld's st- like another another I'm too massive st- one. To yeah, me, I'm too yeah. stuck on uh uh-huh. on the Office, and you fucking know he just got me the script, signed script, really for uh-huh. fucking Christmas. Wow, for the Office, yeah, I fucking got it in my house. <laughs> A bunch tight. of random Office shit. Random <laughs> Office shit. Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan. Uh, don't really give a fuck about either of them, to be honest, because I don't really listen to like pop music or like gotcha. you know. Anything besides rap, pretty much, and then I don't care about basketball or any sport really. So probably Michael <laughs> Jordan, just because okay. I watched that fucking show about him and I thought it was gangster as fuck, and he's like a gambling addict. And Is uh, he I don't really like like Michael Jackson. Yes, I like I fuck with a lot of his music, but I'm not like you know a huge fan. Like spent a lot of my time really oh, going out of no. my way to listen to him. You know, no, but I'm saying like as a kid, I remember everyone at school. Was on Michael Jordan so yeah. fucking yeah. hard. Every recess, that's all everybody's talking about. Of course. So yeah, that's why that's why we put that in there, like mm-hmm. as a kid. But if you don't care about either, then that's the perfect question yeah. that we should ask. No, I respect them both definitely, but not in the not 90s, like really you know. a, a connoisseur of either their gotcha. art forms. Uh, so to me, it's kind of like whatever, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So last one. I always do this. Keenan and Kel orange soda is what I like to think of it. Or the light-skinned rabbit, that's quick, as a kid in the 90s. The light-skinned rabbit? With a little light-skinned rabbit on the Nest Quick jar? Okay, yeah, yeah, If you had to pick that, or Keenan and Kel orange soda, what was it as a kid? What was Keenan and Kel orange soda? Just the no, skit? No, just, just orange soda. Just the fucking fact that they would talk about it and shit? No, I'm just saying Keenan yeah. and Kel, because... It makes it more 90s. Yeah, it makes it more in my head. Oh, okay, I'm okay. saying orange soda in general, because you can't say sun oh, versus versus yeah. fucking as a quick... Kid, as a kid, man. You know, I never really drank a lot of chocolate milk or, I don't know. I, Damn, I, these are the, these. I've never had anybody go, nah. I never really. <laughs> That's crazy, I don't really bro. fuck with any of this shit. It's <laughs> yeah. the first time this ever happened. And like, you know, I would drink orange soda for sure a little bit. But like, I don't know. My, honestly, my parents were pretty smart because I wouldn't really want my kid drinking like fucking a bunch of like, you know, sugary fucking juice Fuck no. Shit. But in the 90s, man, we were eating. I would. I was, I'm a fucking fag. I was eating Gushers and shit. Mm-hmm. So my that's why I bring that yeah. shit up. No, no yeah. we I, was, got, I was definitely yeah. eating candy all the fucking time. But my parents didn't give me like a lot of like sugary drinks. So I never, it was never really my thing. This is honestly, the fact that I'm drinking a Dr. Pepper from the burger stand around the corner is pretty fucking hilarious to me right now. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Man. Yeah, I got to switch these questions up, man. <laughs> all right. Well, that was it, dude. Thank you. That was who were you in the 90s? Fire. Fuck yeah. So these are both out. Perfect fucking timing. Mm. 
And Marty, you, want, you got anything else you want to add? I think it's interesting you two both pulled your names, Dopazola and No Jumper, out of lyrics. But I always thought No Jumper was a reference to the Biggie lyric. You're slanging crack rock and you got a wicked jump shot. I just assumed that. Oh, no, no. But no. I just looked it up and it's not that. Oh, no, no, no. Gucci, man. Yeah. What about that stood out to you that was like ended up being the name of your show? Just like uh, early on, it was supposed to be like a blog about like underground rappers before it ended up being a podcast with underground rappers, you know? So like, I remember out of the brand names I've done, that was kind of the one that we put the most thought into where we had like a whole big list of like a hundred different rap lyrics, different little like chunks of songs and shit. Like at, at one point I really wanted to call it Up North Trips. even, And then I realized that was like a rap blog as well as a song. So I was like, uh, I can't like swagger jack that. Uh, but then, yeah, we landed on No Jumper because Gucci says 95 Air Max because I'm a dope runner, balling like an athlete, but got no jumper. And thought it was kind of clever, like no jumper, you know, like you're getting money, but you can't play ball. Like so it. you found another way to get money. Because like in the beginning, I was doing a lot of interviews with like, you know, people that were like, the third in command you know like the there's like the star rapper and then his his homie and then his homie mm -hmm. and i was doing interviews with like you know whoever the fuck would let me interview him because yeah. i was just really trying to get in the game so it was kind of like you know we were just mm -hmm. really like you know just because somebody's not the star rapper you could still have yeah, of a course good conversation on camera, oh, yeah. you know fuck yeah you fuck with Griselda? We're big on Griselda over yeah, here. Yeah, I had Buffalo. Benny on the podcast yeah. like three times. Go, oh, yeah. Good shit, yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's why I asked that. <laughs> oh, no shit. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. We're trying to we're trying to get him on here too. Yeah, that's his that's I mean, Buffalo, that's that's all him. Yeah, Benny's the man. I love seeing that shit happen. I'm sure you can appreciate it because they're really independent. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm sure you know their whole background and shit, but even when back in 04, 05, I always tell him, like, Benny was putting out mixtapes and shit back then. The Tana Talk series part four, he's about to drop. The shit started way back then. That's crazy. The Montana I was, I was oblivious. I didn't know what the fuck they were doing up there. Mm -hmm. I was fucking listening to Papoose and shit. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, was it, were you ever like, damn, I'm into this, like, New York legendary hip-hop. I'm trying to tap into this newer age of hip-hop. Did you, is, was it like... A gray area of I don't actually listen to a lot of this shit. No, because the thing was is that I was like, uh, you know, it was like 2014 or 15 or whatever. And like there was just such a dope scene in downtown L.A. You had like ham on everything, putting on oh, crazy ass yeah. shows with like, you know, Riff Raff and Crayshon and fucking, you know, uh, like, you know, Soldier Boy and. Uh, like all these artists who were like really buzzing at the time and so i had always like all through like i was never like a rap fan like feeling the need to have an opinion about every single fucking thing that was going on in the rap game it was just like i had the rap that i liked that i paid attention to and then there was like a bunch of shit that i wasn't interested in you know mm -hmm. and then around like 2011 2012 or whatever that's when you really started to have like underground rap online popping off where all of a sudden you could have like an odd future who just like exploded with no industry cosigns yeah. just because it was like some cool shit asap mob uh the whole white girl mob bullshit whatever uh like action bronson riffraff all that shit coming out at the same time and like so i started like really going to those kind of shows and like warehouses and shit and uh so I, that's just like what i was fucking with going to those shows doing coke taking drugs fucking drinking like going crazy and then all of a sudden, like, we have this bike shop. It's right in the middle of downtown. 
you know, we had like little peep is like living around the fucking corner with little Tracy, like staying up all night, every night recording music and shit. You have fucking, you know, like Puya just stopping by like all these the playboy Cardi's riding a fucking BMX bike around downtown, just stopping by in the middle of the fucking day. Like all this shit was just happening in that area or in that, uh, at that time. And so it was just like a supernatural, uh, transition for me to just start doing content with all kinds of people like that that's super authentic yeah, yeah. it's just it just was where you were at and what you were living yeah i was just hanging on this fucking bike shop trying to make something happen every day doing doing vlogs doing interviews just really like i remember at that time my goal was to get to ten thousand dollars a month on youtube and it just felt like i had just been grinding for like years and years with like the fucking dollar amount just floating in the same area <laughs> And, like, when No Jumper started to pop off actually was, like, the month that the BMX channel also started to pop off where I just had, like, a random vlog get, like, 3 million views. And we got, like, a huge surge of subscribers. And, like, all of a sudden I had, like, an 11K month on AdSense. And I'm just fucking, like, yes, I fucking killed it. I'm so hyped. But at the same time, the interviews start going crazy. And I'm realizing, like, holy fuck, this is, like, a way bigger opportunity and i'm way more excited about interviewing rappers and shit rather than like i was i was really getting bored with it because i was just kind of like going to the skate park with the fucking homies just making iphone vlogs doing tricks every day it was just kind of like uninspired after a while so i just kind of burnt out on that shit but right before i started putting all my effort in no jumper yeah so that was two different completely different channels yeah the other channel still exists if mm-hmm. you search uh, on some shit, it's got like 400,000 subs mm-hmm. or something. Good shit. So has a following. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Well, we almost never uploaded on it, but mm-hmm. what, you, what oh, can yeah. you do? Well, dude, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you for smoking. Fuck thank you yeah. for hitting the bong. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> hitting the fuck fucking bong. Yeah. Kiki hit the bong. The giant bong. Um, appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Uh, when does the show come out again? What time? Tuesdays at 6 p.m. out California time. If you want to watch us live, come tune in, get in the chat, talk some shit. Good shit. You guys are in the premiere? Uh, no, we just do it I mean, live. Uh, you guys are in the chat, live chat, and doing all that? Uh, no, we don't. Well, we, we crack the chat open at the end, and, uh, and we look at like the donations and shit during it. But uh, we pretty much keep the chat off so we can just focus on the conversation for the, the two hours. Gotcha. You know. Fuck yeah, dude. Well, thank you so much for being here. Guys, thank you so much. This has been the Adam 22 episode. I'm Dope Ziola. Have a dope-ass day. I can tell your eyes. I'm pretty high, man. <laughs> yeah. It's only smoke like a fucking eighth, and I'm pretty fucking high. Trevor Wallace and Dr. Drew, no weed. Yeah, I haven't. No, no, no weed uh, interviews the past couple weeks. Appreciate yeah, you guys. Oh, fuck yeah, man. Thank you for coming. My bad about talking on the, on the microphone. Bro, the shit just fucking fell. It's been a, it's been turning a little every episode, man, and it finally fucking happened. Thank you.